We are on page Kuf Tadik Beis in our books. This is Zayn Yaakov. We are in entry Chof Hei. And we read this first sentence yesterday, but just to make a whole thing of it, let's read it again. We said that Shimshon judged the Jewish people just like their father in heaven. How do we know? That Dun will judge his people just like one of the other nations. But can also mean just like just like the one, the one being Hashem. And we talked about that yesterday at length. Let's keep on going with singing the praises of Shimshon after a long Gemara, talking about how Shimshon did some pretty dodgy stuff. We now have our paragraph about how he was quite a tzaddik. He says, furthermore, Shimshon, give me a higher honor than that. He is called after the name of God himself. Shimshon is named after God. Who are you named after? Are you named after God? Probably not. Shimshon? Are you Shimshon? Named after, there we go. That's, okay, fine. <laughs> Unless your name is Shimshon, though, you're not officially named after God. Shnemar. Ki shemesh umagen havayelikim. It says in the Pasuk, ki shemesh umagen havayelikim. And that's respectively, right? So shemesh is havaya, and magen is elikim. The name for elikim is magen, and the name for havaya Okay, and the name for Avaya is Shemesh. So Shemesh is the name that we give to Avaya, and Shimshin's name is Shemesh Oin. Shimshin. So his name is Havaya. That's what his name is. So the Gemara goes, Elamiyat, if that's the case, if the name Shimshin is the same as Shemesh, which is the same as Havaya, if that's the case, Laimachik, we shouldn't be able to erase it. You write down the word Shimshin, you're stuck with it, right? We shouldn't be able to erase the word Shimshin. If Shimshin means Havaya, can you erase Havaya? No. Can you erase Shimshin? No. Rather, the Gemara calms down a little bit, says, we didn't mean it. It's not literally the name of God. It's like the name of God. Don't get carried away. Don't go putting everything that says Shimshin on it in Shemus, that would be inappropriate. The same way that Hashem protects the entire world. Similarly, Shimshin, he protected the entire Jewish people during his generation as a Shefet. Let's finish up the paragraph and then we'll do some commentary. He says, furthermore, these are each from Rabbi Yechanan, by the way. This is three compliments from Rabbi Yechanan for Shimshin. The first is that he was a good judge, this is just like God. The second is that he's named after God. And the third is, He says, Bilam, you guys remember Bilam. Bilam is not in the Shimshin story. Bilam, boo. Okay, fine, you can boo him if you like. Bilam is an evil sorcerer. He tries to curse the Jewish people. Every time he's about to do it, God throws a bracha into his mouth and he ends up saying an incredible blessing. A lot of the, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the Nevua of Mashiach is from Bilam's blessings. So Rabbi Yechanan says, Bilam, it was Chiger Beragle Achas Haya. Bilam, he limped. One of his legs didn't work. It was Chiger Beragle Achas. How do we know? Shnema V'yelech Shefi. It says he went Shefi. Targum says Shefi means alone. But the Gemara is understanding Shefi to mean that he went with a limp. That Shefi means to limp. Because one of his feet was messed up. Shimshin, Chiger B'Shayragle Haya. Shimshin, however, neither of his feet worked. Shimshin had neither feet working. Shnemar, Shififain Ali Erach, because in the blessing that Don gets, He's described as a snake and also as a shififain, which a lot of commentaries call a viper. But the Gemara is saying shififain is a shefi shefi, somebody who shefis twice. Huh? Yeah, it means to, it means to limp. But a shefi is... Apparently not. Shimshin slithered. Slithered like a snake. I'm telling you, uh, the, the Yudushami doesn't necessarily understand this way, but the way... The, the way the Bavli understands this is that, is that he, his legs didn't work and he somehow figured out he either walked on his hands or he slithered like a snake. His, uh, his legs didn't work. Isn't that much? I don't know how he lifted up the gates when his legs didn't work, but he did it. Uh, he's a, he, was, he, was, he was that much stronger. Shififain Ali Eirach. So Shififain means that he has double Shefis. Don't underestimate people who have, uh, who have, who have disabilities. Shimshin, he got neither of his legs working, was the strongest person ever to live. You know this? Right? Okay. 
Let's talk some commentary. We said up here that maybe we shouldn't erase Shimshin's name because he's called after the name of Hashem. Obviously, we tossed that out the window. You remember why, right? We decided that we're not going to actually hold by that because he's not literally God's name. Asks Tesis on this page, okay, you don't want to use Shimshin? Fine. How about the word Shalom? The word Shalom in the Gemara Masech HaShabbos, Yod is called the name of God. So much so that you're not supposed to say Shalom in the Merchatz. If you're in the bathroom, you're not supposed to say the word Shalom. So ask Tesis, how come I can erase the word Shalom? If you look in the list of names you're not allowed to erase, Shalom isn't there. I shouldn't be able to write Shalom Aleichem or uh, Bracha V'Shalom or Shalom Uvracha on a letter because I because that letter is likely to be thrown in the garbage. There's a lacha that you can't write any of God's unerasable names on letters because people disrespect letters. So Tesis asked the question that sounds like from our Gemara that if a name is officially a name that God is called, then it should be on the list of names you don't erase. And if a name is on the list of names you don't erase, it shouldn't be put in a letter. Ask Tesis, how can I put Shalom in a letter? And Tesis' surprising answer, you can't. That's Tesis' answer. It goes, yep, ton of a shire. It was left off the list by mistake. It should have been included in Tesis Paskins. You can't write the word Shalom. But Shalom is a name you can't. He says you can. And if you do, you can't put it in Shamus. You had to put it in Shamus. Huh? Oh. Uh, why was I just allowed to say it? Because as you're about to see, we don't pass them like Tesis. But Tesis, is, Tesis has the understanding that you can't write that you can't write Shalom. You can't you can't erase the name Shalom because it has real kiddusha. The Rush and the Ritva say no way. The Rush and the Ritva both say it's completely fine to write the name Shalom on letters. It's completely fine to erase it. They don't know where Tesis is getting this from. However, there's Aran, and the Aran says that he and others like him are careful not to write Shalom on a letter because indeed you can erase it like Das Tesis. And the Aran is not somebody to trifle with. So we have on one side of this the Aran and the Tesis. How's it come down in Alacha? We have nothing from the Mechaber, but if you look in Yeradea, 276.13, you'll find the Ramah. Here's the Lashon Ramah. The Ramah says, V'yeshnis harin afilu mila shalom. There are some who are careful, even about the word shalom. What they do is they don't finish writing it. They write shin, lamed, vav, and then a chimchik, and then a little line, so as not to finish writing it. The Ramah doesn't bring the Alacha that you have to, but the Ramah brings it at least as something that some people are careful about, and uh, I'm leaving this base, basically as Tarachian. We know for sure that the Rebbe is not careful about this. Look at any letter, huh? What? It, it doesn't matter. There, there, there's a lacha that you're not allowed to write on an on, on igris. Right, so you write, you're not, the, the lacha is that if it's a shem hashem nimchakim, dafki can't be written on the letter. The Rebbe certainly writes it on his letters. I've never, also never seen in sikhas or anything the abbreviation of shalom. You know, the Rebbe is careful not to finish words that end in hey. You know, he, he knocks those out. That's, by the way, why it's like impo- impossible to do any searches on Eitzvah Chachma for Rebbe stuff that ends in the letter hey. You have to like put in abbreviations. But uh, he's not careful about Shalom. At least I've never seen the Rebbe be careful about Shalom. Uh, there is an interesting Aruch HaSholchan in 276 that asks the question, what about Hanun and Rachum? So God's also called Hanun. He's also called Rachum. If we're following the rules of Tesis, that every time, ah? Huh? Yeah, sure. What Tzvakis is on the list? Is on the list. Uh, that's, why you, that's why you just said Tzvakis. <laughs> uh, uh, Rachum and Chanun, though. Rachum and Chanun, God's called Rachum, he's called Chanun. Um, and according to Tesis' claw, that once God's called something, we can't erase it. How come we don't have that as a rule on the list of names you can't erase? And the Arach HaSholchan says, you can call a person Chanun, you can call a person Rachum, and it is, uh, it makes sense. Some people are merciful, some people are graceful. You have Chanun, you have Rachum, and people, says the Arach HaSholchan, a very sad commentary on humanity at large. He says, humanity is Ketotten Meriva, we're constantly fighting with each other, you cannot honestly call anybody Shalom. No, no person is really associated with peace. Rachum we have, we're Rachmanim, Baishanim, Gemle, Chasadim, sure. But there's no human who's Shalom. If you're saying the word Shalom, you mean God. So Shalom is a little more serious. Yes. Really, saying isn't such an issue, especially in context you can even... L'chaira, according to Tesis and the Ran, and, and maybe the Ramah, there'd be grounds to be careful not to write out the word Shalom. Dafka writing is what he's talking about, not saying. 
Yeah, but in, but in the Ramah, he's talking to about writing letters. It's a simon on what you can write in a letter. So in the Ramah, he says, is harim not to finish the word shalom, uh, which is not a minig I've seen, but it does come from Iran. It's based on a tesis in our section. comes actually from Shimshon, of all places. So it is, uh, it's shayach to our sugya. I haven't seen people be careful about this, but noteworthy. It is on the books. Continuing. We just said that he's uh, going back to a little more drush and a little less halacha. We just said, How does the Marsha understand this? The Marsha says, just like the sun can either help somebody or burn them, so too, Shimshim was able to help people or burn them. He was not just a, he was not just an angry general. He didn't just go in and smash skulls. He also was very helpful to the Jewish people. It just depended on who you were. As the Marshal says, when Mashiach comes, the sun is going to come out of his nartek and Mishayim are going to be burnt by it and Tzadikim are going to be healed by it. Similarly, Shimshin, if you were a Yid and you met him in Shul, he was the sweetest guy. He was an excellent guy to Fabreng with. He was not aggressive. He was not remotely aggressive to Jews. He was healing to Jews. He was helpful to Jews. He protected Yidin. He loved Yidin. However, when it came to Goyim, or bad Goyim, and Plishtim, he was ready to smash them apart. So he's like the sun, burns some and helps others. There's a Lukut Terra in Parshas Tzav. Lukut Terra in Parshas Tzav from the Alter Rebbe. It talks about Shimshin's riddle. I guess I could have given this when we talked about the riddle, but I'm going to do it now because it's also about how Shimshin is. Shemesh Umagin Avaya. So it says Shimshin's riddle is what? It's about a lion. And the idea is that the lion, the, the, the answer to the riddle is a lion is normally something that eats stuff. And the big trick of the riddle is that the eater became the eaten, right? The hunter became the hunted. This is normally a thing that eats. And we're going to find honey from that lion. Says the al the reason why Shimshin was able to give a muscle like that is because Shimshin is Shemesh, which is Havaya. So Shimshin is associated with Shem Havaya. Shem Havaya is significantly above the Malachim, which, uh, which get their, uh, which they get their chayas from Shem Elikim. So you have Havaya, and then next level you have Elikim, which is kind of the shield of Havaya that allows Tzimtzum in this world. Malachim, angels, at least the ones living in Biyah, they get their energy from Elikim, not from Shem Havaya. Now, when I make a carbon in this world, when I sacrifice an animal, a lion comes down and consumes my carbon. Who's that? Who's the lion? The lion is the Malachim of Biyah. So these are the Malachim that get their energy from Shem Elikim. They're the ones that act like a lion that eat my carbon. However, if you were to ask the Malach, are you a lion or are you hunted? Are you a hunter or a huntee? Are you a predator or a prey? The Malach would say, all I want is Kalis Nefesh to Shem Avaya. So the Malach, which is the lion that eats my carbon, is from its own perspective a lion that wants to give honey to Shem Havaya. So the reason why, huh? The, the lion that gives the carbon. The lion is the thing that eats the carbon, but the lion itself is also the thing that wants to have kalis nefesh and be nichlal and shemavaya. So from the malach, so the only person who was qualified to give the riddle, when does a lion, when is a lion not a hunter, but a source of food, is somebody standing at the level of shemavaya, which is Shimshin, who stands at the level of shemesh, shemavaya, because from havaya's perspective, a malach, which we see as a lion, is in fact a source of honey. Got it? It's in the Kutatera. <laughs> Uh, my, uh, my, my, my battery is acting funny, so I have to move this around to get my notes back. Okay. Let's just do a little bit more on this, and we'll go over time a little bit. The There's honey. a, uh, uh, yeah, the, 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 the honey, more that it became a source of food, that, uh, that the malachim are, are, are fed to shame of Ayah when they have kalas nefesh. In Tarez Menachem, volume 20, page 90, the Rebbe says that Shimshin's entire Indian is connecting Gashmis with Ruchnias at the very highest levels. So that's why it says that he's Shmei Shalakadosh Baruch Hu is specifically Shem Havaya, because he insists on not just having Shem Shakai or Shem Elikim in this world, but connecting Shem Havaya with 
the physical worlds. That's why Shimshon is associated with Shem Havaya. Specifically, we could have, God could have associated Shimshon, could have named him after Shem Elikim, could have named him after Shem Shakai, could have named him after Shem Tzvakais, your favorite, could have named him after any of the other Shemishim and Chakim. Why name him after Shem Havaya specifically? And the reason why is because Shimshon was not content to have anything less than Shem Havaya itself be Miskala in the physical world. And what that looks like practically, says the Rebbe in that Sicha, is it looks like someone who has superhuman strength in the physical world. It looks like someone smashing all of the barriers and breaking all the rules. It looks like someone with shoulders that can lift up the gates of Gaza. That's Shem Havai in this world. Shem Elikim in this world is Bader Chateva. That's somebody who's strong because he works out, right? Somebody who's a Shem Elikim strong person is strong Bader Chateva. He's strong Bader Chatzimtzum. Shem Elikim is about Tzimtzum. That's somebody who's strong and I can be tailored on something. He works out. He, he watches what he eats. Shimshin is not Bader Chateva strong. Shimshin can lift up cities. I mean, he's just ridiculous, right? He's ridiculous, huh? Right, and, and, he, and he can't even walk. We're deal- so what we're dealing with here is somebody who is clearly a Shem Havaya kind of givur, a kind of gibur. A Shem Havaya kind of gibur. One more thing we'll talk about, then we'll call it for today. I guess we'll have to do the, the limping in one leg tomorrow because we're running out of time. There is a letter in Igris. It's in volume 3, page 312, that where the Rebbe explains that Avedis Hashem is easier in the summertime. So good news for everybody as we go into the summer. Things are about to get easier. He writes this, Apima Menazal and Seita, our section, Shimshin al Shemesh al Kodesh Baruch Nikra. It says in our Gemara that Shimshin is called after God's name. That in when Mashiach comes, God is going to remove the sun from its sheath, and that is Shem Avaya will be Nisgala, and there won't be a Shem Lakim blocking it. And when do we see something like that in the physical world? During the summertime. So just to put that all together into a bit of a, bit of a straighter line, what he's saying here is that you have the ultimate Gileolikos looks like the sun unadulterated. Unadulterated sun, the sun not blocked by its sheath, Pure Shem Havaya is what real Giloi looks like. And when during the year do you have something that's Me'ain that? Not in the wintertime when the sun's blocked and when the days are short. You have that Dafka in the summer. And the Rebbe is saying that because of that, because the nature of the summertime is that the sun is more revealed, that's a little bit of, that's a little bit of Mashiach time. That's a little bit of Elam Haba. A piece of it where you get it, you get to live in a world for a short period of time where the Shem Havaya be Iskalos. So he says, you will find your Avedas Hashem is easier in the summer because during the summertime, you have more of a Gili Shem Havaya than you do during the wintertime. So everybody have a healthy summer and let's go get him. That's it for now. We'll do, uh, we'll do, we'll do his limping tomorrow.